Des Moines, Iowa, where small-town beauty meets city life. Des Moines is known for its beautiful sculpture parks, its art festivals and its exhibits, and its breathtaking botanical gardens. Des Moines is one of the best places to raise a child in the United States. However, in the spring of 1986, some may have questioned that. It was Easter Sunday. So I thought, well, maybe he went to Grandma's, knowing Grandma would have an Easter basket there for each of the kids. So I called my mom, and he wasn't there. Had phone numbers of different ones of his friends and called all them, and no one had seen him. He didn't even show up where he was supposed to be the night before. I got this distinct feeling that they did not want parents to be frightened to let their children um, sell newspapers or do different things. Save me some pizza, Mom. I'll be hungry when I get home. Marcus Allen was like any other 13-year-old boy living in Des Moines, Iowa. He enjoyed playing Dungeons and Dragons with his friends, and he was in Boy Scouts. He was also a paper boy, which may be important. You'll hear about that later on. speaking to Marcus's brother about his disappearance. 13-year-old Marcus Allen vanished into thin air on the early Saturday evening of March 29, 1986 in Des Moines, Iowa, the day before Easter. Marcus told his mother that he was going to his friend's house and that he would be back. He was never seen again. His brother speculates that maybe Marcus's disappearance may be linked to the missing three paper boys in Des Moines, Iowa, known as the Paperboy Abduction Cases. While Marcus was not delivering papers at that time of night, he did have a paper route. Marcus's case did not gain much media attention. Um, it was the day before Easter back in 86 um, it was a Saturday uh, my, me and my, a friend of mine had spent the day out at Adventureland uh, Amusement Park out here Mount Tuna and when we came home uh, just a normal day and, and I was hanging out at my friend's house and me and a bunch of the kids from the neighborhood we were playing you know hide and seek and, and uh, you know, ride bikes around the yard and stuff like that. And um, I guess my brother had uh, told my mom he was going to go over and see a friend. And uh, we had pizza for dinner that night. Uh, and he asked her to hang on, you know, save some for him so he could eat when he got home. And uh, that was... That was the last time anybody saw him. And, uh, we lived on Emma um, on the south side of Des Moines. He was, in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking that he was walking over to a friend's house that lived over on McKinley, which was just like three blocks, uh, you know, south of where we lived. And, um, you know, 
apparently he never made it there. I don't even know if my, my mom even never knew who that friend was. Um, but uh, the next day was Easter and uh, he wasn't home. And my mom had uh, thought maybe he went over to uh, my grandma and grandpa's because we always did Easter over there. Because he wasn't one to miss the holidays. He, he liked that. He liked the family time. Uh, and liked the candy. I mean, what kid didn't? Um, and he, that, that was it. That was the last time we saw him. Um, I suppose you know, right away, I was only 10. I didn't really you know, take it too seriously right away. I mean, he, he, he went back and forth between uh, my mom and, and his dad. We had different fathers. And, uh, they lived in Minnesota. I guess they, you know, had checked up there to make sure that he hadn't you know, gone back to live with family. That wasn't the case. But um, you were talking about those two boys, uh, Johnny Gosh and Eugene Martin. Uh, they were both... Yeah, paper boys. Uh, Eugene Martin, if I recall, was actually abducted just just a couple blocks from where we lived on the south side of Des Moines. Yeah, Johnny Gosh lived in West Des Moines. Um, he disappeared while he was on his paper route, just like Eugene Gosh did. Now, my brother had a paper route, but he wasn't, you know, obviously delivering papers at that time of night. So, you know, it's 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 very possible that. That uh, you know somebody had seen him and uh, followed him, took him based on you know seeing him on his paper route. But you know who knows? But there was no there was no real investigation done. Um, and you know when when you hear about the the other two boys, they're pretty you know it's it's common to know their names. Noreen Gosh, she did uh, an amazing job of just sharing her son's story and just doing everything she could to, to get him home and to get him found. Um, you know, she did most of her investigation completely on her own, you know, uh, hiring her own private detectives and flyers and news media. There wasn't, there wasn't any real support from law enforcement. Back, they treated my brother's case as a runaway, uh, based on everything I've read. And I think he was in, maybe, maybe he was in the paper once, but um, I don't even know if that was the case. Uh, most of the the things that have been done to, you know, bring recognition to what happened to him has all been done in probably the last. Five, ten years. His brother is actively sharing Marcus's information to get his story out on social media. I asked his brother if Marcus struggled with substance abuse, and he said no. He did mention that his parents were divorced, and perhaps that was weighing on Marcus, but 
He does not believe Marcus ran away. Marcus never had a history of being a runaway. Uh, there was no drugs. It, it was just, I think it was really more of uh, the circumstances of being, you know, so far away from both of his parents. And, you know, in most situations where parents aren't together, you know, they tend to badmouth each other. And that could be hard on a kid, too, because, you know, they love both their parents. I grew up without a father, so I never had to deal with that. So, you know, I just had my mom. And, but I, you know, I've known people that went through divorces with their parents, and it's hard. It's, it's hard on kids. I mean, childhood and teenage years are hard enough anyways, but then you throw things like that in the mix, and it just makes it that much harder. Because, you know, you've got friends in both areas, but, you know, you're not there consistently, so that's tough, too. I don't know that he ran away, but he would, like I said, he'd go back and forth between my mom and his dad. So, but I mean, he didn't. Yeah, I mean, even if he'd run away, over the course of all the years, somebody would have eventually heard something. I mean, you can't just disappear and never reach out to your family again. I mean, it's just, it's just not plausible. It's, you know, he wasn't that type of person. Um, but I mean, again, at 13, you're not really smart enough to, to uh, say things that would lead people to believe that you're, you know, going to do something and make it think, make it look like it was something else. Like, you know, him telling my mom, that he, you know, he'd be hungry when he got back home, you know, for pizza. You know, he he hadn't, he did not run away. He was he was taken, and you know, it just it just wasn't him. I mean, because he never ran away in the sense where he was away from people. It was like he was either with his dad or he was with his, you know, with our mom. It wasn't like he was out there on his own. Marcus's case did not gain much attention. However, the other two boys, specifically Johnny Gosh's case, did gain media attention because his mother was a fervent activist for his case. There were not even flyers passed out to the public regarding Marcus. If you'd like to hear more about the Paperboy abduction cases, I'll post a link in the description. Now, all the research I've done and people I've talked to over the years, um, they didn't want it to be uh, a scare factor. I mean, again, going back to Johnny Gosh, the only reason he got the publicity he got was because of his mom and his dad. But his mom was really the driving force behind it. You know, they didn't get support. In fact, if you've ever seen the, the show, uh, Who Took Johnny?, it's uh it's on netflix um you know my mom's in that as well and and, and noreen gosh really uh opens up and, and elaborates on all of the resistance she received when she was trying to gain information about her son um there was no support um it was like it was like uh they just wanted it to be quiet. They wanted it to be, 
want it to be like it didn't happen. You know, my mom didn't have the resources or the finances to to really be able to do as much. So, uh, and even Eugene Martin, you didn't you hear you, you know the name and you you've seen different things, but there was nowhere near the amount of uh, publicity with him either. Same scenario. Now, to my knowledge, there was never any flyers or, you know, uh, like I said, it was like, it was like it never happened in a sense. It was like he was here one day, he was gone, and that was it. You know, I mean, I think I remember my mom uh, talking to like a private detective um, that was trying to help. But that's about that. That's the extent of the knowledge I have of that. I don't know whatever came of it. Been just signing up to all the missing children's sites and uh, posting uh, this cold case, uh, you know, URL, so that people can continue to share it. Just last week, it's been shared probably I don't know three hundred times. My thoughts are that the the, the further away from Iowa that it spreads, the more the, the higher the likelihood of finding someone that knows something. I know he liked to play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, for the most part he was he was pretty much I wouldn't say he was a loner, but he he did like he enjoyed his time alone as much as he enjoyed spending time with people. Some people tried searching for Marcus, going to his parents' and grandparents' home, but no other searches were conducted for Marcus. Oh, somebody had gone back and forth and like was, was looking into it and had gone up to where his parents and grandparents lived, or his grandma, to make sure he wasn't there. And, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't, but, you know, I don't know if that's something that they do just to, you know, rule out a runaway. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, again, I was so young, I just didn't uh, didn't have the knowledge of everything. And I just, uh, you know, the last few years, I've started um, just trying to do things to try and share his story and, and hopefully it'll reach somebody that remembers something or knows something. So whether he's still alive out there or not, you know, we can find out, we can find the answers. Marcus's mother thought that perhaps Marcus decided to spend the night at his friend's house and didn't think too much about it when Marcus didn't come home that night. He said that it was common in the 80s and the community where they lived for kids to stay at other friends' homes overnight and not have to worry about sharing that information with their parents. But when Marcus didn't come home the next day, his mother began to panic. Um, well, he went over to see a friend, and it was already getting dark out. 
So it would have been uh, between 7 and 8 o'clock, I would think, that he would have went over there. That was not an abnormal thing for somebody to just spend the night at a friend's house and not tell their parents, you know, because people were pretty, pretty tight in the neighborhoods, you know, not just in our neighborhood, but I'm sure in a lot of neighborhoods, you know. Um, I mean, uh, abductions weren't really a thing, you know, in Des Moines or in Iowa, other than, you know, the two. And those were both during their paper routes. So this was the exception to that rule at that time. Like I mentioned before, it wasn't really, you know, an issue in the sense of, you know, people, you know, kids would go spend the night with their friends or hang out with their friends, end up passing out with their friends, you know, but I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe she was worried. I, like I said, I, I was over at my friend's house most of the night. And I don't even know if I came home that night. I might have spent the night over at my friend's house, you know, because I did that a lot. I just know that the next day, you know, once we got over to my grandparents and he wasn't there, my mom started getting upset. His brother shared with me how he and his mother are trying to cope with the disappearance of Marcus. I mean, he's my brother and it still bothers me. Um, as a parent, it, it just, it, it kind of, I guess it just destroys you. I mean, it definitely had an impact on my mom. Police have not been in contact with his brother regarding Marcus's disappearance. It has been 37 years since Marcus disappeared. Nobody from the police department's ever tried to contact me. The few phone calls, like I said, it was from missing and exploited children. Um, you know, and it was, uh, I believe, legit because it was on the caller ID and I had called the number back at least one time and got an office. So, uh, but that was the, those were two, maybe three times I got phone calls from that. Um, and that's it. I asked Marcus's brother what he wants the public to know regarding Marcus's disappearance. I guess the biggest thing is, uh, you know, I always tell people, don't be naive to the sense where you think it can never happen to me, because it can. And uh, just because something's never happened in a particular area doesn't mean it won't. Just be careful. Be cautious. I'm not, not saying you gotta live your whole life on pins and needles, but you know, yeah, just gotta be careful. Teach your kids, you know, because that was a thing back then. You know, uh, there wasn't the talk about you know, don't approach strangers, you know, don't don't talk to people, don't go with people to go you know, see a puppy or whatever they would use. But it was really um, more than that. It was, it was like, and I've explained this to my kids over the years. It's like, if somebody wants you and you're by yourself, they're going to get you. Because typically it's not just one person and it's two or three. They pull up, they grab you, and you're gone. 
Please share this podcast for Marcus's family. The first 24 hours are some of the most critical hours in a missing person's case. You've been listening to Missing in America, the first 24 hours. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and our website, which are posted in the description. Your feedback is important. If you have a case you would like us to feature, please contact us. Our email will be posted in the description as well. Thank you for your support. As always, please be safe.